KMTT, Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah. Today's Shiur is part of the series before Pesach, will be given by Havava Yakim Krombein. The topic is Shiur Maror. How much Maror does one have to eat? The Shiur of Kazayit. Whether the Shiur of Kazayit applies to, applies to, applies to Maror. Rav Krombein is a Magid Shir in Yeshivat HaRatzion. He's responsible for the Tochnit Bekiyut. He, those of you who participated in the VBM will remember for his really truly wonderful series on Musa that was given a few years ago. And today he's giving a shiur on the mitzvah, slightly neglected mitzvah. We all concentrate on matzah. Maror is tastier. The mitzvah of Maror, the bitter herbs, on, on Pesach night, specifically the shiur, the amount that needs to be eaten. Harav Eliakim Kambayn. Shalom. Let me start with a childhood memory. When I was a boy growing up in Brooklyn, we used to have the Seder Pesach at the house of my grandfather, Alava Shalom. And when it came for time for the Maror, he would give out to each participant a small quantity of horseradish. A very small quantity which could hardly be called a kazait. As the years passed and we, along with all the Jews in America, became more conscious of the necessity of eating a full kazait, we uh, changed our minog and we began to eat a full kazayit of romaine lettuce. But it was always curious to me, how did it come about that a from family who had emigrated from Eastern Europe to America at the end of the 19th century had this custom of eating such a small amount of horseradish? There's no doubt that lechora, the requirement of mara requires a kazayit. The Mishnah on Psachim Dachlamitet says that all the different kinds of maror umtstarfin chazayit, implying that you need actually a kazayit. Later on, I found in the Shailotu Chuvot Eres Tzvi by Rav Arya Tzvi Frumer, one of Gdolei Israel uh, before the Second World War, who actually perished in the Holocaust. He brings that Gdolei Ha'admorim, great Hasidic Rabbein, actually endorsed this minhag of eating less than a kazayit of horseradish from Maror. He brings it in the name of Rabbi Naftali Mirupshitz, Rabbi Chatzkal Shinyever, the Belzer Rebbe. All of these uh, Hasidic Rebbeim gave their blessing to this minhag. But of course it requires explanation. There Tzvi offers an explanation, uh, but I would like to suggest an idea based on an analysis of requirement of a kazayit of Maror. The focus of our discussion will be a well-known shita of the Rosh on this topic. The Rosh in Arvei Psachim, Siman Kofei, uh, in the course of the discussion of the Gemara there, which implies along the lines of the Mishnah that I quoted earlier, that Maror actually requires a Kazait, the Rosh says something very remarkable about the reason. Why do we need a Kazait from Maror? He says as follows, the rush makes an interesting distinction between the maror that we eat and the karpas, the first tevila that we have at the Seder. 
Maror actually requires a kazayit. Why? Because the formulation of the bracha includes the term achila. That's why you need to eat a kazayit. The term achila always implies a minimum of a kazayit. However, when we eat the karpas, which is only a broi priha adama, and the term achila does not appear in the bracha, there you don't need a kazayit. The rush, of course, is very remarkable, and virtually any authority who read this rush was struck by the fact that the Rosh seems to think that if not for the formulation of the bracha, you wouldn't need to eat a kazait of maror, as opposed to any other mitzvah of achila or any other isur of achila in the Torah. Virtually all of them require a kazait. That's the standard shir of achila. Why is it that the Rosh makes this halacha of kazait, which apparently, according to his opinion, is only the midrabanan? Why does he make it dependent on the bracha? And why doesn't he simply say that it's the same as any other mitzvah of achila in the Torah? The same way you have to eat a kazayit of matzah, the same way that the machalot asurot, the shiraz kazayit. I would like to offer two explanations. One of them, which is brought by certain achronim, the Avni Nezer, and it's also brought in the name of Reb Chaim Brisker in Chidushe Agrach Alashas. The explanation, which is brought in the name of Reb Chaim, says that the mitzvah of maror is different from other mitzvot of achila. The reason being that the mitzvah of maror is not an independent mitzvah, but it's a nigrar. It's an ancillary mitzvah. It's an accessory to the mitzvah of eating korban Pesach. The authority for this idea, for this concept of the mitzvah of maror being different from all, all other mitzvot of achila is none other than the Rambam. Rambam actually dwells at length on this principle in the Sefer Mitzvot, Mitzvah Tasei Nun Vav, where he states that there is a mitzvah of eating Korban Pesach, and he puts it in the following way. Mitzvah Nun Vav, he shetzivanu lechol keves ha-pesach b'derch ha-mishasar minisan, bitnaav ha-nizkarim, v'hu shiyatzali, v'sheyachel b'vayit echad, so then, included in the mitzvah of eating Korban Pesach, the Rambam adds, and also you eat it with matzah and maror. The Rambam uh, uh, reads the mind of his, of his reader, and he says as follows, maybe now you have this kasha on me. Lama timne achilat pesach matzah maror mitzvah achat v'lo timne otam shalosh mitzvot. Why do I hang all these three together? Ashiveno amnam hayot achilat matzah mitzvah b'fnei atzma hu emet k'mosh aniyatid levair. V'chein achilat b'sara pesach mitzvah b'fnei atzma k'mosh ezachanu. Avon hamaror nigrar lachilat pesach v'ino nimne mitzvah b'fnei atzma. The Rambam says, your kasha is correct about matzah. Matzah really is a separate mitzvah, and I will presently count matzah separately. However, maror is not a separate mitzvah, and it is only a nigral. Why is matzah considered a separate mitzvah? Because there is a pasuk which requires eating the matzah together with the korban pesach. Al matzotum rorim yochluhu. 
However, there's a serpent pasuk which says ba'erev tochum matzot, from which the Gemara derives that there's a mitzvah to eat matzah even when there is no mitzvah of eating korban pesach, and therefore matzah is a separate mitzvah. However, in the case of maror, we have no separate pasuk to require the eating of maror in the absence of korban pesach, and therefore maror is only a nigrar. The Rambam later brings what he considers conclusive proof for this evaluation of maror as a mitzvah nigrerit. He says, So conclusive proof, Rambam says, is the fact that Maror when we no longer have the Korban Pesach, is only a mitzvah de Rabbanan. Clearly, the Rambam says, you see that Maror is not an independent obligation. Said Reb Chaim Brisker, if so, that's the explanation for the Rosh. The Rosh also agrees with this concept, that Maror is a mitzvah nigreret. For that reason, it does not require a kazait. Because since you eat it together with the Korban Pesach, and the Korban Pesach you eat a kazait, there's no necessity to apply this shira to the maror as well. And this we can say in one of two ways. Either we can say that since maror is a secondary mitzvah, it's a less important mitzvah, and therefore it doesn't need a kazayit. Or else we can say that there's already a kazayit for the Pesach, and since you eat the maror together with the Pesach, the shira of the Pesach kind of reflects or emanates and includes in it the the maror, and therefore the maror itself does not need a kazayit. This is the explanation brought down in the name of Rabbi Chaim Brisker. However, uh, the Rav, Zichon Olivrachar, Slavechik, said that he never heard this mahalach brought down in the name of Rabbi Chaim. He never heard it from his father. And he doubts that Rabbi Chaim said it. And in fact, there's actually room to raise doubts about this explanation mainly for the following reason. I quoted earlier the Rambam bringing conclusive proof to Maror being a mitzvah nigreret, and he says, the proof is, Maror bezman ezed rabanan, ki min in chova loch lo In other words, since Maror bezman ezed rabanan, therefore we know that there's no mitzvah to eat the Maror by itself. However, this proof according to some Rishonim, is a non-sequitur. In other words, even though Maror Bazman is only Drabanan, it does not necessarily follow from here that there is no mitzvah to eat Maror separately in the absence of Korban Pesach. True, Bazman Azeh, when there is no Korban Pesach at all, it is universally agreed that there is no mitzvah Doraita to eat Maror. However, when there was a Korban Pesach in the Zman of Beit HaMikdash, even a person who did not eat Korban Pesach for some reason, it could be that he was obligated to eat the, to eat the Maror. And this may karadin midin Torah. This question is a machloket rishonim, as I said earlier. Uh, Rab Daniel Habavli, who has many glosses on the Rambam, particularly the Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvot, argues with the Rambam on this point, based on a certain passage in Gemara Psachim. The Rambam's son, Rabbi Avram ben Rambam refutes the contention of Rav Daniel HaBavli. However, there are 
several Rishonim that hold that Maror Bezman is Drabanan, and nevertheless, Bezman Abayit, one who does not eat Korban Pesach, still is obligated to eat Maror. Interestingly enough, one of these Rishonim is the Rosh himself. The Rosh in Tosfot Rosh in Masechet Yevamot Ayin Aleph clearly holds that even a person who for some reason can't eat the Korban Pesach, such as the fact that he's a uh, an Arel, who's Asur in Kodshin, or if he's a uh, Meshumad, who at the time of the Shechita of Korban Pesach was not able to eat the Korban Pesach, Apidim, and then he was Chosya Betshuva by nightfall. So this person, who was not eligible for the Korban Pesach at the time of the Shechita of the Korban, may not eat the Korban Pesach, however, he is still obligated to eat Maror. Since the Rosh himself holds that Maror and Pesach are not necessarily interdependent, it would appear that this explanation, which is brought down in the name of Rab Chaim, would not be a good explanation for the Rosh. And so the question is, given that Maror is an independent mitzvah, can we explain in some other way the Rosh's opinion that it does not need a kazayit? So I would like to offer another possible explanation for this shita. Let me begin by asking, assuming that Maror does not need a kazayit, how much then should one eat? Is it really conceivable that Midoraita, you can biyotse the mitzvah Maror with mamesh akoshahu, a speck of maror. Intuitively, I think that this is not a tenable proposition. But then the question is, if not a kazayit, then what? I conjecture that a possible solution to this problem can be derived from a discussion in the Gemara where there is a distinction between matzah and maror. The Gemara in Psachim Daf Kuftet Zayin says that if one would swallow matzah, He's not Yotze Yedei, I'm sorry, he is Yotze Yedei Chovah, but if one would swallow Maror without chewing it, he is not Yotze Yedei Chovah. What is the reason for this distinction? The reason is that Matzah does not have to be tasted, you don't need Ta'am Matzah, but Maror does have to be tasted. Since there is a halakha that one must taste the Maror, I would suggest that according to the Rash, Midoraita, one must eat enough maror to taste the bitterness. Whether or not this conjecture is acceptable could be dependent on how we understand that mara that requires one to taste the maror. Is this something which is part and parcel of the mitzvah of maror itself? Or is it merely an additional halacha? There's a mitzvah to eat maror, and besides that, chachamim or metakein, one should also taste the maror in memory of the bitterness that we experienced in Egypt. If I claim that, according to the Rashmi Doraita, in order to be yotze, you must eat enough maror to taste the maror, I am basing myself on the assumption that tasting the maror is actually part and parcel of the main ikar mitzvah. And I would like, I would like to support this claim from the Mishnah Brewer. The Mishnah Brewer discusses the following question. Granted, one must eat a kazait of maror. However, we find in Halakha that often there is a substitute for the kazait. 
You don't have to eat a fokazite because a birya, a complete organism, sometimes is considered the equivalent of a kazayit. For example, in Hilchot Brachot, there's an opinion which holds that if you eat an entire fruit, a berry, which is smaller than a kazayit, then you are obligated to make a bracha achrona. This is, of course, controversial. But there is such an opinion. The question is, is such an idea possible in relation to maror? If someone would eat a complete piece of, a complete vegetable, which is less than a kazayit, and nevertheless it comes under the category of maror, would that be considered the equivalent of a kazayit? The Chafetz Chaim in Shara Tzion, in Siman Tavayin Gimel, thinks that this is not possible. And he says as follows, the Chafetz Chaim is clear, he's sure that such a thing is not possible. Why? Because the whole purpose of the mitzvah maror is zecher. And if you eat less than a kazayit, you don't have this zecher. At first glance, the Chafetz Chaim is difficult. Granted that the reason that the Torah required eating the maror is to remember the bondage in Egypt. But that's tama dekra. That's the reason for the mitzvah. We never uh, make halachic conclusions on the basis of the reason of the mitzvah. We always look at the halacha itself. The halacha is a kazayit, and if a birya is a substitute for a kazayit, it should be acceptable. But apparently, what the Chafetz Chaim means is not merely that the zecher is the time of the cry. It's not merely the reason for the eating of the maror. The essence of the mitzvah of maror is to experience bitterness, which is reminiscent of the bitterness that we experienced in Egypt. And if the Torah requires a kazayit, then this shear of kazayit is not only a shear in the chetzah, in the object of the maror, it's also a shear in the experience. The experience of bitterness which we must have when eating the maror is that bitterness which can be derived from a kazayit. Now, birya, a full organism, can be considered a substitute for a kazayit of maror when you're discussing the object of the maror, the chetzah. But when you're talking about the experience, how can a small birya be considered the equivalent of the bitterness derived from a kazayit of Mora, from a full kazayit? Therefore, the Chafetz Chaim says clearly, this halacha is irrelevant to Maror. This idea that the essence of the mitzvah of Maror, or in halachic jargon we would say, the kiyum of the mitzvah of Maror is the bitterness, whereas the maise, the maise mitzvah is the eating, the idea that the kiyum of the mitzvah of maror is the bitterness experienced can also be supported from other sources. For example, Tigmarim Psachim Adaf Lamedet, in discussing what vegetables are eligible for the mitzvah of maror, brings first a list of five speci- species which are considered maror. These species are listed in the Mishnah. But then in the Gemara, there's a discussion of the possibility of admitting other things into this select group of vegetables which can be considered maror. And there is an opinion in that, in that Gemara, which is brought in the name of Acherim, Rav Huna quotes it as well, 
that any vegetable which is bitter is eligible. And not only that, but the Ramah appears to decide this way, because he says that if you don't have any of the five species, you should take la'ana, which is apparently something else, a different kind of vegetable which is bitter, and he doesn't say you shouldn't make a bracha on it. The implication is that any vegetable which is bitter is eligible. Achronim there have their doubts about uh, this psak of the Ramah, but nevertheless that's the way the Ramah sounds. The possibility that there's no clear definition of the species, what exactly the maror is, but any vegetable which is bitter is also eligible, I think uh, is a strong raya that the main thing that we're interested in when eating maror is the bitter experience. Because it's really unusual that any uh, mitzvah which is connected to a specific type of uh, produce is so ill-defined. If you compare this to Arba Aminim, let's say, on, on Sukkot, each one of the Arba Aminim is very well-defined, Alpidin. The fact that the mor- Maror is so wide open implies really that the Chefza here is not the main thing. There is a mitzvah of Achila. The Maisa mitzvah is to eat a Kazayit. But the object of the mitzvah, the Kiyom, is to experience bitterness. And you eat a Kazayit of any vegetable which will cause this experience. Now, getting back to the Rush, who said that Midoraito, you don't have to eat a kazait of Maror, it may very well be, according to this, that just as we say, according to this sheet of which I just quoted, that exactly what kind of vegetable you eat is irrelevant, as long as you experience this bitter experience. It could be that the Rush thought that Midoraita, the shear in the Hefta, is also irrelevant. You have to eat as much as you need to experience this bitter taste. Of course, Chachamim came along afterwards and decided that, no, you must eat a kazait, and therefore they formulated the bracha the way they did, and therefore, la you need to eat a kazait. This is a shir in the Maaseh Mitzvah. However, uh, this is only Midrabana. Now, earlier, I raised the possibility that halacha la you wouldn't have to eat a kazait. Of course, I now say parenthetically, please do not draw any conclusions from this year, Halacha Lamaisa. Halacha, of course, everyone should eat a full kazait, as this is a Halacha Psukha. I'm only trying now to explain that Minah, which apparently existed once, which held that even Lamaisa, one needs to eat not a full kazait. Because again, if the kiyum of the mitzvah is the experience of bitterness, now, there is room to require a kazayit, because the Chachamah might have said that we don't suffice ourselves with the mere tam of maror, as the Gemara, which I quoted earlier, required. But we require a certain shear of merirut. The shear might be not only in the chefza, but the shear could actually be in also the experience. How much bitterness does one need to experience? That, ex- that bitterness which comes from a kazayit of maror, a full kazayit. However, we all know that in Europe they used to eat horseradish. That was the Amaror. They didn't use lettuce. Horseradish is very, very bitter. Eating horseradish, whether you eat it straight or chopped, but eating it not as something which you put on top of gefilte fish, but by itself, actually is on the threshold of tolerance to the point where there's discussion whether this is considered a maisa achilab altogether. 
in according to the criteria which are generally accepted. Perhaps one could not make a bari prihadama on horseradish because it's really not royal achila. This being true, it could be that when eating horseradish, which is so maximally bitter that it can be hardly tolerated, adding on to this to reach a kazayit doesn't add anything to the kiyum. When did Chachamim require eating a kazayit? In a case when eating less than a kazayit would bring you to a certain experience of bitterness, and eating a full kazayit will bring you to a higher level of bitterness. But in the case of horseradish, it may very well be that the bitterness is so strong that even eating a small amount maximizes the kiyum, and there's actually no point in adding anything onto this. So this may be the explanation for that minhag, which held that uh, in the case of horseradish, you don't have to eat a full kazait. Let me now sum up what we've seen. The main point of the shir was to uh, explain the sheet of the rush, which was that midoraita, you do not need to eat a full kazait of maror. And this I explained in one of two ways. First, we have the sheet of Yachronim, the Avinezer, which is quoted in the name of Abchaim, that the mitzvah of Maror is a secondary mitzvah, according to the sheet of the Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvot. And that is why a person who does not eat Korban Pesach does not have to eat Maror. And that's why Maror is not no Hegbazman Azemidoraita. This being true, one does not need to eat a focusite of Maror, either because the kazait of Pesach reflects and emanates and includes the maror in it, or because the maror being a secondary mitzvah, it's less chamur and it doesn't need a kazait. I raised the possible objection to this explanation, namely that there are Yishonim, including the Rosh himself, who appear to hold that maror is indeed an independent mitzvah, and even one who does not eat korban Pesach must eat maror. Therefore, I advanced this second explanation, namely that the mitzvah of maror is different from other mitzvot of achila, but the difference is that maror is not merely a mitzvah of achila, but it has a kiyun, it has an object. You must eat the maror in such a way that will bring about the experience of bitterness. And the rush thought that any achila which brings about this experience is enough to be yotzei even if it's less than a kazayit. Of course, as I said earlier, one must eat a focusite of maror, whether it's midoraita or midorabanan. And I will close by wishing you and all of Kal Yisrael that this should be the only bitterness that we experience, zecher to the bandage in Egypt, but all of our other experiences in life and in Chaka Pesach specifically should be sweet and happy. You've been listening to Harav Krumbein, Harav Yachim Krumbein on Mitzvat Maror. Uh, tomorrow, Arab Shabbat, Friday, will be the last shiur in our series before Pesach, as well as the last shiur before uh, Pesach vacation, Chufshat Pesach. And it will be the last part of the long shiur of Maran. Rav Yosef Tov Alevi Salavechik, the Rav Zatzal, a share that was given in 1977. We've had two parts, have been broadcast already last Friday and uh, on Tuesday, uh, two days ago. And 
the final installation will be sent out tomorrow and that will be the end of our series. Until then, Kol Tov and we'll be back tomorrow. This has been KMTT. Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.